Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Daily Sports Talk Show. No one has now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I wish I had something like philosophical or something to say, you know, like the, the, the teacher meets the student or the student meets the teacher, but I got nothing. Welcome into on us now. 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana television. If you're watching on TV or you're watching on YouTube, you see this beautiful man wearing his red ESPN shirt. That's right. I kept it for days just like this. That's exactly right. Ryan Tutel back in the saddle. He's around town a little bit here uh, these next couple months. So he'll be swinging by. From time to time, you know, whenever it's convenient, whenever he wants to have right. some fun. But I will say, we have a ton to get to today. We're going to start with Jeff Safford, Missoula Paddleheads off the top. We're going to talk Grizzlies, Bobcats. We're going to hear from Amandre Williams, defensive end from MSU. We're going to hear from our good friend Carolyn, she doesn't know sports. And, of course, we're going to talk all things NFL. Week two tonight. Week two tonight begins. But I will say, it is a bizarre experience because I never – thought I was going to do radio other than just being the sports writer who came on and did five minutes on whatever game I was about to cover or I just did cover. I never thought I was going to live in a camper with a family <laughs> of five. So. And then all of a sudden I'm doing radio with this guy for years and it yep. became one of my great pleasures. And now it's very strange being the one guiding the show and you be the guy that's sitting on that side of the Let table. Let me tell you something. Sitting on this side... Uh, they should have paid me more when I worked here. This is so easy. You just sit over here and just ride along the whole time. This is glorious. What did you even do when I worked? I uh, wrote a lot more stories. I uh, <laughs> I did a Actually, lot. The funny thing is, is you still did all the outlines. <laughs> and you're like, here's what we're talking about today because yeah. this is what it is. It, okay, does, it does take a fair. <laughs> I will say, though, it, it is funny because, you know, we hope we make it seem easy. But it, it is a, a little bit of a, not a little bit, it's a lot of a skill to learn, especially on this side. That side, all I had to do was basically be myself. Just talk about the sports stuff that I know about. This side, I got to steer the ship. Transitions. Transitions. Reads. Oh, tough. Turning microphones on. Exhausting. I have to breathe more normally. Man. 
and to think you need a degree in law to be a lawyer. You could do walk in and do this. That's crazy. This Our, is the hard stuff. We have several attorneys that have advertised with us over the years, and uh, they've come down and seen us, You know, especially when we're performing before our uh, before Grizz games. It is a during, performance. During indeed. our college game day. And uh, we've gotten that feedback from several of our attorney friends saying, man, <laughs> you guys will be great in the courtroom. You guys just light it up, <laughs> yelling at each other, arguing, doing all this stuff. Yeah. Regardless, what's up with you, man? How you been? Been great. It's been a great week. Uh, happy, of course, to be back in Missoula and uh, happy to be around. I think uh, I, I think we could say this, right? I'm, I'm uh, doing pre and post game for Grizz football. Whoop, whoop. Throughout the course of the year, uh, Regime and I are kind of going to do some some trade-offs. Yep. So, uh, so some weeks that uh, he won't be there, I'm going to be in and vice versa. Uh, but was at the game last Saturday, yep. uh, you know, a week ago, and uh, and I'm excited to be sort of on board through the bulk of this season. Uh, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, a blast to be obviously down at the, the tailgate and doing all that and just sort of back in it. It feels right. And... Not just because I've been traveling, but obviously we know what the last year wasn't. And, you know, the amount of time and it just, man, it's just like there's a certain cadence to the world that should include football. And that it does now has me in a very good mood. We will be back in action for our ESPN College game day before the game next Saturday. For those who haven't been paying attention all week, the Grizz are off this week. An early bye for the Grizz. So I'm heading over to Bozeman. I'll be hitting up the Montana State game. Uh, first time in Bobcat Stadium since mid-December 2019 for me. Because I see the, I saw the Cats on the road in their opener, but I haven't seen Montana State live in two years. So that'll be uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, but we'll be back in action September 25th. Homecoming in Missoula. Cal Poly coming to town. The new branded Cal Poly. Bo Baldwin uh, back in the fold, back in the Big Sky Conference. And uh, Cal Poly, actually, they posted a, a 27-13 victory over San Diego in week one. So... That's actually more wins than a lot of prognosticators had Cal Poly getting all year. I was not one of those because I've been around Coach Baldwin. He's not going over. He's, he's going to figure out a way to win a couple games. But regardless, we'll be broadcasting from the Chamber of Commerce parking lot for an hour and a half before kickoff and uh, an hour after. So be sure to come on by, say hi, keep the radio tuned to 1029 ESPN Missoula, and uh, we'll give you all the best in pre- and post-game coverage for next weekend's Montana Grizz game. Very good. We go now, I guess this is sort of on the Rangers Brothers RV phone, but I think we're actually going right into this guy's headset because he is at the stadium in Boise. He's Jeff Safford. He's the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. And the Paddleheads have what rarely happens in baseball, game 100 of the year. Wow. And it is for all of the marbles. Championship Thursday. The, the, battle, the Battleheads have won the pennant in the first half. They've won the pennant in the second half. They won a single-game playoff to get to this championship series. They won the opener to push Boise to the break so that they won their last home game on Monday. But they dropped a game last night, 5-4 to four, the Boise Hawks. And now tonight, this is it. You win, you're the champions, you lose. Okay, congratulations on a good year, but you don't get that final ring. Jeff, I know you're down there in Boise. Welcome into the show, first and foremost, but you must be thrilled to have this one-and-done game right ahead of you. Yeah, it's a little bit, um, I don't want to say nerve-wracking, but, you know, you got the butterflies floating around. It's my first time calling a game like this where it's, you know, I know it's game three, but it's quote-unquote game seven, win, go home, lose, and that's it, you know, as you said, and, uh, should be an exciting night. Last night was a real wild ball game. Missoula had a late lead, but Boise was able to get some offense together in the eighth inning right when they needed it the most, and so here we are. Take us through last night because, like you said, Paddleheads looked like they were closing in on it. I was listening to your call. I was loving it, uh, but then they had they gave up four runs in the eighth inning, and Boise comes back and wins 5-4. to four. So what sort of fell apart for the Paddleheads down the stretch last night? Well, I think um, you got to give credit to um, Boise's manager, Gary Van Tall. They definitely had the right game plan in play to attack. It was Mark Simon that got touched up for a lot of the action in the eighth. It was actually Matt Mokione that started the inning, and then Mark Simon came in halfway through just about. But, um, but they were really attacking early in the count against 
Mark Simon, who oftentimes tries to use his breaking stuff early in the count to steal strikes. And Boise was sitting in the bushes waiting for that. And they were attacking early in the count, and they got pitches to hit. And they beat Mark Simon, pitcher that's been fabulous out of the bullpen all season long. They'll give credit to, like I said, Gary Vantal for getting his troops ready to go for that situation. Alejandro Rivero, who's been a solid bat all year for Boise in this kind of run in the second half. He has three doubles so far in two games and had two last night, none bigger than the one he had in the eighth. Galindo, a big hit in that inning as well. And so if you're Missoula, you just have to try to avoid those bats. Galindo and Rivero, those are the two guys that can really seem to do damage opposite this paddlehead club. If you can do good against those two guys, then Missoula should be in pretty good shape because you think about it. Other than that inning last night, when you look at those these two games that they played, Boise hasn't really done much of anything offensively. So from the Padalette's perspective, just try to execute their pitches, stay out of big scenarios like that, and let the cards fall as they may in this winner-take-all situation. Jeff Safford joining us, the play-by-play voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. Paddleheads, the championship game in Boise this evening. You'll hear it right here on 109 ESPN Radio. And Jeff, when it comes to the game tonight coming out of last night, obviously you even talked about the best butterflies even for yourself, but everybody knows what's at stake here this evening. But for a team that was on the brink is basically an inning and a half away from being champions to then lose it the way they did late in that ball game. How do you think the Battleheads have to reset and then get ready to go again tonight to be able to close it out in, a, in, a, in the decisive game three? Well, baseball players, I always think of them as guys that have a short memory as it is. You know, you come to the ballpark every day and go out there and do your thing. You don't think too much about what happened the day before because you have a chance to go out there the very next day. I think that's what this paddlehead team needs to do. They just need to trudge on forward. Think about the task that's in front of them, not which has happened, if that makes sense. No, it sounds kind of cliche, but this team has been able to do that well all season long. And despite the fact that they've had a fantastic year record-wise, all the positive numbers with the offense and pitching with Domingo Pena, whatever you want to look at. But this team has faced some hurdles along the way that's made their season very tough. That first half pennant came right down to the very end with the Idaho Falls Chuckers, the very last day of the first half, despite having a fabulous first half record-wise. Second half, they hit a roadblock about two-thirds of the way through, made a bunch of roster moves, and were able to right the ship going into the postseason run, which has got them to this point. So I think this is a confident group, knowing that they've gone through some tough things before. And they see this game as just another roadblock on their road to hopefully a championship. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining us. He's in Boise. The Paddleheads take on the Boise Hawks tonight. Pioneer League Championship Series finale. The third of three games. The winner, the champion of the Pioneer League. Jeff, we'll get you out of here on this. Give us some keys for tonight's game, particularly from the Missoula side. What do the Paddleheads need to do if they want to hang one more pennant and make a trifecta for the 2021 summer season? Well, first and foremost, I would say that the offense has got to show up a little bit more. We've seen a couple of key bats really kind of go quiet the last couple of days. Brandon Riley comes to mind. The big one that hasn't really performed too well in the first two games of this series is Zach Allman. He's still looking for his first hit. has been a guy that's been so instrumental for this offense and was also the Boise Hawk killer in the first half. The Boise social media even had some fun with Zach Allman this season saying like the fishing game had a warrant out for his arrest because he was a hawk killer because he had a 500 plus batting average in the regular season against Boise. He hasn't been that in the two games in this series so look for hopefully Zach Allman to get things going offensively and then in terms of the pitching just keep doing what you're doing. Pitching has been Really solid here the last couple of weeks. In general, looking back to the regular season and the starting pitching in the three games in the postseason has been phenomenal. Whether you want to look at Barisa, Palmer Wenzel, 
in the first two games were Domingo Pena last night. All three of those guys pitched very well. And the starting pitcher tonight, Mason Schwellenbach, has been a guy that's been throwing as good as anybody in the Pioneer League his last three or four starts. So, Padalets will look for that trend to continue with the starting pitching. And who knows who will come in after Schwellenbach. Looking at the lineup card today, I saw Palmer Wenzel's name up there. Could pitch on three days rest. Chris Barisa could be going out there on short rest. It's a winner go home situation. So you never know what you're going to see after that point. But the main two things I look at, as I said, is get those bats going that have been a little bit dormant last couple of games and continue the trend with the starting pitching. And they should be in good shape. Well, Jeff, best of luck tonight. I know it's going to be a fun one. This is what sports are all about, man. So we uh, we congratulate you on a great season and uh, hope to have yourself a great call and have a great time this evening. Jeff Stafford, voice of the Missoula Battleheads, joining us here on Nuanas Now. And keep it here after Nuanas Now because we'll roll right in. First pitch from Boise, 630. You can find all the action right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Jeff, thanks for swinging by, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Coulter. Thank you. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also check them out online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. As we mentioned off the top, the Grizz have a bye this week. But we have all sorts of awesome supporters and sponsors here. And so now it's time for our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Bob Ward's has their new ski lease program rolling. Right now it gets started on the 20th of September, so just uh, a little less than a week from today. You can go and check out all sorts of awesome new skis. You can have an adult lease package for $169.99 or a junior lease package for $109.99, and uh, this is a good deal, especially if you want to try out some new skis or maybe there's some stuff that you, you haven't really tried yet and you want to kind of get them underneath your feet. So go on down to Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors, and Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors, the proud supporter and proud presenter of the Grizz Star of the Week. But the reason we don't have an interview is because there were no interviews available this week. They got the week off. Um, actually ran into Marcus Wellnell yesterday, Grizz inside linebacker, and he was saying, yeah, man, we had practice on Monday and uh, no practice today. He's like, I'm going hunting this weekend because I haven't gone hunting forever. There so, you go. That's cool. Uh, he said he's going hunting with Braxton Hill, too. So I think Braxton probably knows where to find himself some elk and deer. Uh, he's probably killed a few animals in his life. Getting that local knowledge. That's exactly right. And Tyler Flicker, he said he was going as well. So I'm um, a little big sky guy. So fun for those guys. But we're going to con- continue to talk Grizz football. And Ryan Tutel just be our Grizz Star of the Week. How about that? Ryan Tutel, by the way, joining me, Coulter Nuwana is here. Closest uh, I'll ever get. That's exactly right. <laughs> but, you, you know, you know the Grizz about as good as anybody. So let's start with the most broad of broad questions, Gus. We were there in the press box mm-hmm. last Saturday to watch Montana's home opener. A dominant 42-7 victory over Western Illinois. 151 yards of total offense for the Leathernecks. Six sacks and 11 tackles for loss for the Grizz defense. Zero points allowed by the Grizz defense, and that's the trend. They haven't allowed a single point since the opening drive of the game against the Washington Huskies. When Bobby Houck said it, I did a double take. He said 115 minutes without a score. I did the math real quick. Coach Houck was off by 14 seconds. It's 114 minutes and 46 seconds, but same difference. Unbelievable. This day and age in college football, that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, the defense, what what can you say? I mean, one one opening drive to the Huskies, and that's it. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, the only points were off of a turnover in the in the Western Illinois game. Uh, I think – I thought the most telling thing to me about this game – look, we've seen the Montana Grizzlies over the years win a lot of games effectively 42-7. to seven, you Sure, know? yeah. If they beat Dixie State 42-7 to – I don't think it, many people are going to bat an eye to sure. you know if that was to transpire, right? And you go, well, what do we really know about this team, okay? It's hard sometimes to sit here. Now, I think coming out of the Washington game, you go, okay, I think we know some things about the Montana Grizzlies. But sometimes in the course of these games, you go, well, you know, what are we look? Are we looking at a team that's just utterly outmatched? I mean, clearly we are, you know. When it, right. But also, what does this mean about – the national level that the University of Montana is at. And honestly, the the most telling thing to me in all of that happened after the game. In the press conference, Jared Elliott comes in. He's a head coach of Western Illinois. No players come, which is always a bad sign. 
That's right. Uh, if no, no, if no players are invited by their coach or brought by their coach yep. to talk, but also just the demeanor uh, of the Leatherneck head coach, who you know, Western Illinois is a proud program. They're yeah. in a great conference, as we know, in the Missouri Valley. Yep, and playoff team three times in the last six years. They they were good when Coach Elliott took over. They dipped and were really, frankly, not good. Mm-hmm. And I think he was especially with senior quarterback, great senior wide receiver, great game against Ball State, who's a, who is about as good as it gets in the MAC in the sure. FBS level. For sure, has had and still has high expectations for this version this 2021 season for western illinois and it was demoralizing to see him sitting there not demoralizing to see him he looked demoralized by the by what montana did to him and there were no answers for him at all he was great to talk to and all that kind of stuff but you you can tell a coach you see coaches come in and go boys I don't know how you play in this stadium. That wasn't the attitude that he held. Nope. He thought they were going to come in and have a run yep. at this football team, and 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 they didn't have a sniff of a chance. And that was the thing that was very telling to me about how good this team is. So often, coaches come to post game press conferences, and they spin it from their own internal angle, which is expected. It's tactful, but they often talk about. All of the things we did wrong, all the things we did to beat ourselves, all the things we could have done better to mitigate the things Montana did. He didn't say any of that. He said that defense is the best defense in the country. He said that that team overwhelms you. He said we couldn't communicate. We couldn't do anything. I thought he made a really interesting point when he was breaking down why Montana's defense is so complicated and also so hard to go against, though. He said you know, he acknowledged the talent, the personnel, the pursuit, the effort, but he also said... They run more fronts than anybody you're ever going to see. They bring pressure from every angle, but they also have 11 players on the field that can set the edge at all times. So they were trying to run those like slot wide receiver reverses to try to press the edge, and they did get the ends and the outside linebackers sometimes pinned inside. Doesn't matter because Trajan Cotton, Omar Hexonu, Nash Fouch, who's ever playing those defensive back spots that aren't sort of in the center of the defense – they can set the edge, too. But he said the number one hardest part is the only way to ever even be on the same page as Montana is to communicate. Well, when they're confusing you to the point they're confusing you, and then you're also playing a night game at Washington Grizzly Stadium, it's done. You're done for. And I just thought they looked completely overwhelmed, and it was not because of bad execution or poor preparation. They straight up just could not handle Montana's defense physically. You know, I want to ask you about this, too, and you know more about this than I do, but one thing you assume and and to some extent this is true if you're on offense you have the ball you dictate the terms you're going to choose whether you're going to run or whether you're going to pass where you're going to go setting things up and then supposedly right the defense has to adjust like see what the alignment is and and do what they do now on things like blitz packages fronts that sort of thing a lot of that stuff goes out the window and Montana has done an unbelievable job in two weeks of being the not just the physical aggressor defensively, but the actual uh, dictator of how this is going to go in this particular spot when they don't have the football. And that's a pretty remarkable thing and something of a nuance, I think, of the sport that most people, and to, really, I mean, myself included, don't don't understand. I'm not going to say that I sit here and, and get it, but... Uh, I do think that it is uh, uh, something that is so noticeable when it comes to uh, you know the 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 way that Montana goes about what they have done defensively, where they're the ones who are basically telling the offense, "You're going to have to figure us out and adjust to this." Nuanas now 1029 ESPN Missoula SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. That's Ryan Tutel. He's back in the saddle at least Happy for today. Opinion. Yep. So happy to have you here, man. It's awesome talking football with you. It's a great point because here, here's the details of it. Why can't you blitz on every down? Because eventually teams will find weaknesses and they'll start to pick you apart just by getting the ball out early. They'll hot route it. They'll throw it to the slot short. They'll have these screens or jet sweeps or whatever to try to get you out of your lanes or exploit your blitzes. Montana's been running this hyperactive, super aggressive zone blitzing scheme 
since Bobby Houck and defensive coordinator Kent Bear got to the University of Montana. What would happen to Montana when they would over-blitz? In 2018, and to a certain extent, especially especially in the Montana State game, 2019, you get out of your gap, well, your blitz didn't work, and now eight guys are this way, and the running back's going that way. Yep. The, the most fundamental difference in the Grizz defense now, it's you can say broadly personnel upgrades, but it's their ability to have every single guy be able to not only shed blocks, but tackle phenomenally in the open field. You can talk about the talent, the depth, all the studs, the players, the buy-in, the want-to. I would argue that this is among the best open field tackling teams I have ever seen. Mm. College football has, people think it's so complicated. It's actually been distilled to the point where the goal of uh, offense, no matter what kind of offense you run, is simple. Get players in space and make them miss. Make kids make mistakes. That's what it's all about. And that's why you run all your little inside zones and your all these little backside counters because you want to set up that play where then you get the guy on the edge, your wide receiver makes that corner fall on his face, boom, 60-yard touchdown. That's why big plays are so prevalent in college football. I'm not sure how you're going to get a big play against this team because they're so good tackling in the open field. And people ask, how do you do that? How do you get to this point? It's so simple, man. You practice it. If you go watch Montana practice, you watch tackling drills for hours. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> but that it's the it's the greatest affirmation of the argument I've always made. Football is a contact. It's a it's a combat sport. Boxers need to get hit to know how to get hit. They need to hit to learn how to hit. That's you have to take the punch. You have to throw the punch. It's the same thing with contact in football. There's always been there's been this massive notion the last ten or fifteen years in college football. Less hitting, less hitting. we got to get our guys healthy. Montana had nobody sitting out of fall camp besides Matt Rensvold, who hurt his knee before fall camp even started. No one was banged up. You got your nicks and bruises or whatever, but these dudes are hitting so much, so fluidly, so efficiently, nobody's hurt by it. And that's why I think you see what Montana's done so far. I think there's been one play of more than 20 yards given up by the Grizzly defense in 120 minutes. That's insane mm-hmm. in this day and age of college football. It's insane. It is, it's completely insane. I mean, they held uh, Western Illinois on the ground to 1.6 yards per attempt. 1.6 yards is, is I mean, that's quarterback sneak level games Go check out Scott for Sports. an entire season. Go check out ScottSportsMT.com. I just wrote a feature about this, but by, I'll give you a tease of the stat. I just wrote a feature about the Grizz defense. Well, some of those quotes from Coach Elliott from Western Illinois. But if you take this back to last year, or to, I guess the 2019 season, let's let's remove the anomaly. I'm not calling the, the Bobcats win over the Grizzlies in Bozeman an anomaly. It wasn't. It was an absolute butt whooping. Montana State deserves all the credit in the world. But let's take it's an outlier in the sample size. Let's take that game out. And then let's analyze the last five games the Grizz defense has played. I thought they were going to send half of Weber State's team to the hospital in their home finale against... Uh, I'll never forget it, doing the pregame show with you. You were like, this could be a great game. This be back and forth. I said, no, man, I can smell it in the air. I know I know that this is going to be a whooping. And sure enough, it was one of the most violent uh, games that we've seen the Grizzlies play in quite some time. Well, then you have the great defensive performance against Southeast Louisiana. You got a couple touchdowns late because you scored 73, so you're playing your threes by the stretch run. Yep. But... Uh, Southeast Louisiana, I, th- I believe, rushed for one yard per carry. Then you take it to the Weber State game in the playoffs. They gave up 113 yards of total offense, and they gave up one yard rushing per carry. Yeah. I think Weber rushed for 40, 43 carries for 44 yards. Mm-hmm. And then you take it into this year, 65 yards for the Washington Huskies, less than two yards a carry for Western Illinois. You break it all down, this team's giving up 60 yards rushing and 2.1 yards per carry over their last five defensive performances. That's as good as it can be. It's did, as, you, did you omit a game in there? Well, of course. I omit, omitted the Montana okay. State because okay. you add that to the sample size, and it obviously skews the statistics okay. a little bit. I just want to um, be clear. But regardless, it, they this has been building since last year, but now I think they're just operating at a fever pitch. No no question. And and th- we, I mean, personnel-wise, Colter, I mean, we talked about this the very first year that Coach Hack was here, and he's rolling out, you know, half, half of the – on defense is freshmen, like true freshmen that are out there playing, and you go, what is this going to look like? And you go, whoa, this looks pretty good. Whoa, that, that dude's a freshman? Wait, how about that? That dude's a freshman too? Wait a minute. 
what is going on? How did they get this guy? And all of a sudden, we're sitting here, and with the COVID year, they're like sophomores, maybe juniors in some cases. And right. it is and, and Alex go, Governor's been on campus for four years now. He's a sophomore. Where does it end? <laughs> and 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 right now, it doesn't look like it's going to. And this defense, uh, I mean. People want to see, right, scoring. It's easier to, like, you know, understand where the ball goes, big catches, all that kind of thing. I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find any Montana fan right now who isn't having as much fun watching defense play football as offense as well. Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. He's Ryan Tutel. How much of an impact did the COVID year have on Montana and Montana State in a positive fashion? We'll tell you more right here on Nuanas Now, right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. It all comes down to tonight in Boise for the Missoula Paddleheads. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Garden City's independent minor league baseball team rolled through the Pioneer League North, claiming the pennant in the first and second halves of the regular season. Then the Paddleheads smoked the Billings Mustangs in a one-game playoff on Saturday to qualify for the Pioneer League's championship series. Missoula pushed the Boise Hawks to the brink with a late rally to post an 8-2 win at Ogren Park Allegiance Field in their final home game of the season on Monday. But last night in Boise, the Hawks scored four runs in the eighth inning to emerge with a 5 for victory in Idaho's capital city. That decision forces a third and final game for all the marbles tonight. The final game of the Pioneer League for the 2021 season will commence with first pitch set for 6.30 p.m. from Boise. All the action can be heard right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Missoula Sentinel High School has been placed on probation by the Montana High School Association. The MHSA Executive Board made the decision at its regularly scheduled meeting on Monday. The probation will extend to the end of this current academic school year. Sentinel was fined $100 by the MHSA in 2019 for a football recruiting violation. The school's track and field program came under fire in May when an athlete competed in too many events. MHSA Executive Director Mark Beckman confirmed to the Missoulian on Tuesday afternoon that those are the two issues that have landed the Spartans on probation. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Friends do return. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing is permanent in life. But gosh dang it, it is good to have Ryan Tutel back in the studio. It's Nuanas now. 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. He's Gus. We used to do this every day together. We're gonna, yeah, we did. We're going to do it more often. Yeah. How many How many uh, new people live in Missoula in those like seven months that I've been <laughs> Like, I don't know, 1.3 million? Yeah. <laughs> All of them bought their houses with cash with no inspections, too. Yeah. Unbelievable. Good, good for them. Unbelievable. I know. I was with one of our mutual friends today earlier, and he's like, what's been going on in your life, man? I was like, hey, I bought a house. He goes, why? He said, why would you do that? And I said, well, I had to, Jim. I, I didn't have anywhere else to live. It's, yeah. it's, we got to get it while we're getting's good. Broadcast it to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. <laughs> we're going to continue our conversation about Grizz football as well as Montana State football as well. Madre Williams. Defensive end from the Bobcats coming up here on Nuanas now about mm, 15, 20 minutes. As we mentioned off the top, it is a bye week, so no media availability this week. There's no press conference, um, and we used a lot of the stuff from the postgame, Western Illinois, already on this show. But we're going to continue this conversation through the lens of what we do every other week from here on out, the Hauk highlights. This is going to be a one-on-one with Bobby Hauk. I'm going to catch him before either Tuesday or Wednesday's practice. Always love catching up with Coach Hauk. It's funny because he has sort of this – reputation of being surly with the media but you know if you go with prepared questions 
and you ask them concisely, and you don't waste his time, because that's the thing he will not tolerate is his time being wasted. It's great. How Highlights is presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller. Paul Ryan is a name that's been synonymous with law around the Garden City for decades, and Paul's decided to announce the expansion of his firm to Ryan Holloway and Miller. Paul Ryan, Nate Holloway, and Angie Miller have a fierce love for their community, and they want to help you with any of your legal needs. Ryan Holloway and Miller will be available to take your call anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter what your legal needs in western Montana and around in the Treasure State. When it comes to personal injury or criminal defense, call Ryan Holloway and Miller today. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. It does help if you have prepared questions for Coach Houck. It also helps if his defense hasn't allowed a point in 150 minutes. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, that helps. That's exactly right. And that, I mean, that's it's a very under, uh, understated part of 2018. Bobby Houck was um, not very happy at press conferences in 2018 because he lost five games in 2018. Coach Houck had lost 17 games in seven seasons at Montana preceding 2018. Right. He wasn't used... I mean... It was fully a unique situation to give up 35 fourth-quarter points to UC Davis. He's never lost to UC Davis ever, yeah. let alone in that fashion. So, yeah. okay, we're all human. I'd be pretty mad if I was him, too. Yeah, no doubt. Regardless, let's talk about what I think is um, one of the silver linings of what's happened the last, let's call it 20 to 22 months. All of this stuff has been exhausting. It's been mentally, physically exhausting. I think all of us are are uh, ready for brighter days, better days. But from a college football perspective, it was brutal for these guys considering all the different hoops that college athletes, particularly college basketball players, but college athletes as a whole had to jump through. These guys are getting tested way more than everybody else. They are getting their schedules reorganized all the time. I mean, all the, the different elements of a pandemic is not good when you have an organization that has 110 young men in it that are, have to be together all the time because they couldn't be together all the time. That part all sucked. But having 20 or 22 months of time to instill the culture of your program, the mentality that it takes to get buy-in, indoctrination's too strong of a word, but to, to fully make sure that your team is holistic in its sense of belief in themselves and each other combined with the physical gains that these guys made. I mean, the first time I walked out to practice, I was like, who is that guy? Oh, Jacob McGoring put on 40 pounds. That's the last time Mm -hmm. I saw him. Who's that guy? I mean, they have a couple of these class C walk-on kids that went from tight end to offensive tackle because it's been two years. So they put on 70 pounds. So the physical strength gains plus the ability to be able to train without getting hurt I think that Montana and Montana State particularly because of the priority that they put on that element of football, also because of how much Bobby Houck just loves the training element of the sport, I think these guys are in better physical condition and stronger and probably in turn less injury prone than maybe any Grizz team we have ever seen. And so that is the silver lining. I think that you do have, like Alex Gubner would be a senior now. I guess he'd be a a junior, a redshirt junior now. But rather, he's got an extra year of eligibility. But that's across the board, right? There's so many dudes who are yeah. the age of somebody that's a lot older than them, but they're competing in this specific grade. Yeah, it is It is interesting, too, particularly in Montana's case, where you have, I guess you could call it a, a two-year foundation-laying process where the, the change of direction and improvement was very, very clear over the first two years that, that Coach Houck was there. And he basically, I think, got in all, all the guys uh, that he was hoping to get in in terms of you know the, those recruiting classes and so on. Uh, and by the way, there was another recruiting class that came through with no games to be played, which will play itself out, out over the next several years. Well, this is but, the most confusing part, right? You have redshirt freshmen who redshirted in 2019 and then haven't played since then. You had guys that that might have redshirted in 2020, but now they're in this, like, true freshman, but they've been on campus for two years mold. Yeah. Then you got the guys that actually are new to the program for the last several months. Yeah. So you have just a million freshmen running uh, around, but they're, all, they're like, uh, they're sometimes three to four years apart. Like, Cole Grossman had a gray shirt in there as well, so this is his fourth year on campus. He's a redshirt freshman tight end. So the thing, though, for the Grizzlies that I, I find um, interesting and maybe particularly beneficial 
uh, because this is all true, uh, you know, for for all programs across college sports. But but but, the, but it, it is true. But but don't you think that not playing at all was actually an advantage? Yes, and and here, but here's why. I mean, everything you said about training and strength training and getting bigger and doing all that is all is all true. But I also think, uh, particularly for a, a Hauk led team, it's not like, well, we're not playing this year, guys. Make good decisions. We'll see you in twelve months. You know, you can be with your team as much as you can be with them per NCA regulations and all of that. But there's no question that there were. Uh, Parameters put on things and expectations that were laid for, I mean, for the entire run where there wasn't football. And those, I have no doubt, the expectations of what they wanted guys to do, how they wanted them to be, what they wanted them to be up to, uh, were not easy. And if you're not playing football, only the committed remain. Like you talked about no buy-in to this team. Well, the reason there's buy-in to this team, because there wouldn't be anybody left that wasn't bought in. At this point, to a program 100%. like this, I, I talked to multiple of my buddies who played for Bobby Houck the first go round, and I just give them kind of the the joking hypothetical. Can you imagine doing three spring balls and two fall camps, and then another fall camp that went into no season because then it got called off, and then having a basically hyperactive spring ball into just two games? I basically said, imagine three spring balls and three fall camps for the result of two games in two years. They're all like, no. These are guys that played, yeah. you know, started multiple games and won and won championships and all of that. So I think that within the scope of that, what you then have is every guy that you want, whether they came in those guys or trans, you know, developed into those types of players, those that, and that those mentalities to have that. But once you get that over the course of a year of not playing football, now when you are playing, it's just evident. It's just evident. The other thing, though, and. I would like to hear your take on this because okay. it is Houck's highlights here. Indeed. I've presented seen, by Ryan Holloway and Miller. I've seen something from Bobby Houck in two consecutive games I have never seen. Now, maybe I wasn't observing this before. Okay, so this this might be me. You tell me if I'm missing it. Going in to the fourth quarter of the game at Washington. Now, this whole, you know, four finger, you know, hold up four fingers going to the fourth. It was, you know, fun when it started. And now, I, you know, not my deal. But the whole team comes in, closes in on Coach Houck. He's in the middle of the circle, and they're all jumping around like crazies. You know what I mean? Led by a person who you would think that might not be in his personality to be the guy who's the hype machine here heading into a fourth quarter when it's all about business and toughness and all of that kind of stuff. And I thought, whoa. What's going on here? Is this like a special, like, because we're in Seattle, we're going to do? And then going into the fourth quarter of a game that's already a blowout, we're closing in, and who's in the middle? Bobby Houck to do this thing. Now, I don't know if he has done this before, and I just hadn't noticed, but it was uh, stark to me to see him being the guy leading the cheering and not just the the general that we often, you know, ascribe to him. He certainly is that, but I think that there is... Um, it's not a softer side, but I think there is an understanding of the way that he also can incorporate encouragement and bring it in, and 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 fun and being a guy who's like, hey, we can, you know, we should get out here and be excited about being out here, not just you know out here to do the job and to be you know angry, tough, whatever the whatever you want to say as a football team, you know what I mean? And I thought that was really noticeable, and I wonder how much that is real day in and day out, you know? Because I, I think that what you're seeing is just a a moment that's uh, representative of a bigger reality. It's how Kylites, presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller. Paul Ryan, Nate Holloway, Angie Miller, they all have a fierce love for this Missoula community as well as the state of Montana. They want to help you with any of your legal needs. From auto accidents to medical malpractice to wrongful deaths or any criminal defense, Ryan Holloway and Miller should be your first call. Paul Ryan has established himself as one of the top legal minds in Montana, claiming Missoula's best attorney honors 13 different years. Ryan Holloway and Miller is a local firm with experience and intimate knowledge to help clients with any needs. Call Ryan Holloway and Miller today. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. How has Bobby Houck changed? Plus, I'm Andre Williams, Montana State defensive end. Here on Nuanas Now, back after this.
Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. Montana, welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. Ryan Tutel in the seat with me, Coulter Nuanas. Howdy. Broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Check out Northwest Motorsport online. They have the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can find them online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. We're going to continue our conversation about both Grizz and Bobcat football. I'm Andre Williams, senior defensive end. For the Grizz, uh, for the Bobcats, excuse me, could join me, join us here in just a couple minutes. Uh, but first, I know you're probably hungry, probably gearing up for the weekend. Mm. If you have not had yourself a Wapa sandwich, you need to go. Warden's Market is the spot. They have some of the best sandwiches in Missoula. They also have the best craft beer selection in Missoula. And starting now, today, we're back at it. One of our favorite giveaways. We got a six pack and a Sammy from Warden's Market. Give us a call right now. 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029-888-1029. Caller number two is going to get a six-pack and a Sammy. All you got to do is call. Give your name to Andrew. He calls Wardens. Your name's on a list. You go get yourself a six-pack and a sandwich from Wardens Market. Love it. Sounds pretty good, huh? It does. <laughs> Don't you wish? That's the worst part about this is you, you set up these I, giveaways, and then you're like, Man, I would be the guy that would win this because I would call every time. I wouldn't even win. I would just immediately turn to Higgins <laughs> and walk in and be like, what does it cost because this is what I need, and that's how I feel at this very moment. That's right exactly now. right. Yeah. We were talking about the uh, differences uh, for Bobby Houck mm-hmm. just in, in sort of the way he's operating. And I, I find this uh, one of the most fascinating parts of this current iteration of the Grizzlies. I covered Coach Huck for the majority of his first tenure here at Montana, 2003 to 2009. I knew I had a lot of really good friends that played for him. My brother played for him for a year. And uh, Coach had a very distinct tactic the first time around. He made himself into the common enemy of his own players. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but the motivation was to prove Coach Houck wrong. He, He was always, you know, here's where you're at, but you're not where I need you to be. He was always trying to drive guys to be better, but they were always trying to prove him wrong. And he was very surly in his way of communicating with the guys. He used to always say, you don't need parents, you don't need friends, or you got parents, you got friends. I'm not going to be either of those. I'm your coach. He used to always say that. That's thing, something I've seen change with Coach out quite a bit. Because I think, first of all, would you agree as a father, becoming a father probably changes your perspective on the world more than almost any other life experience that you can have. Yeah, I'm way angrier now. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think Coach Houck, is, as, he's a lot older than he was first time around, mm-hmm. but he also has a son on the team. Of course. But you, but you see the way that these guys interact with him. These guys fully respect him, want to play for him, want to live up to his expectations, but they also love him. That's a huge difference. I, I think I think there's something to be said for that. And, you you know, I'm, I haven't been around, uh, so I can't sit here and say firsthand that's true. But one other thing that I think I thought when Coach Houck got hired and we saw the staff that got put together, that it was going to be real interesting, man. People have no idea the drama that exists on coaching staffs of football oh. teams just <laughs> nationwide, broadly. I mean, it's... If you think reality TV... There could oh. be reality TV shows about college co- football coaching staffs. There's no question. Oh. 
I mean, it, it's just it's just wild. And so now the the first time that he was here, I certainly couldn't quote you chapter and verse. You know who was on the staff and all that kind of sure. stuff. But I don't think there's any question that this is me and this is what we're going to do. Fall in line or see ya. That's it. Yes. And that's first of all, he's the head coach now, and it is his show, and he does have the final say. No question about it. I don't think anybody argues that. He's also got an incredibly veteran staff. Who he even said this past uh, after the game center, they don't have to be here. They're here because they want to be here. And exactly. And them being there here because they want to be here also means they want to be with Bobby Houck. And so you have to be the type of person who people want to be with if you're going to engender that sort of relationship with the coaches that you've brought in, who, by the way, are off the charts for this level of football. I mean, the, the staff that the Grizzlies have is it's 20 out of 10 for, for FCS, what these guys are and where they've been. And I think he knows that. Certainly he knows that. And he has, I don't, I don't want to say accommodate, but has made it so that they can do what they do and enjoy doing what they yeah. do. And maybe that has you know been part of this progression too. After the Washington game, leading up to the Western Illinois game, I was down at practice catching Coach Houck. And uh, while I was waiting for him, Kent Bear walked by, defensive coordinator. And he and I got to know each other a little bit. So I said, hey, Coach, good, good job on the win. Where's that one ranked for you? Because Kent Bear has coached college football since 1978. Hmm. He said, when we were at Notre Dame, we went and knocked out number one Florida State, Doak Walker Stadium. Uh, when I was at, uh, I, I, I believe, Arizona State, they went in and beat Clemson. He's won a couple Rose Bowls. He said, it wasn't close. It was the... Uh, that was the greatest win of my coaching career, us beating Washington. Mm-hmm. That's all to say, though, this guy is referencing Rose Bowls and <laughs> coaching at Doak Walker Stadium, being the number one ranked Florida State Seminoles right. and going to Clemson and winning. Like, what? I mean, Brett Pease is the offensive coordinator at Florida. He's the wide receivers coach at Montana. Their staff is unbelievably stacked. Transition in Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. We're going to get your perspective on Montana State. In a minute, but first, we're going to hear from one of the leaders of the Bobcats. He's Mondre Williams, the team captain, a former University of Washington transfer. He had two sacks Saturday in Montana State's 45-7 to victory over Drake. Caught up with the Mondre Williams a little bit earlier this week. Well, happy now for the latest edition of our new weekly segment, Catching Up with the Cats, where we'll hit both current and former Montana State Bobcats. And this week, we're joined by Amandre Williams here on ESPN Radio. He's a senior defensive end for the Bobcats. Montana State been playing pretty salty defensively these first two weeks, but to be expected, given the veterans of the Bobcats return to their lineup. So, Amandre, let's just start there. I, I thought it was interesting listening to both Daniel Hardy and Ty Okada after your guys' 45-7 gold rush win over Drake. And they were talking about how the defensive performance has been good, but it's what's expected. It's kind of what you guys believe you can be and will be. So just talk about that element of it. I mean, how much does the expectation influence the way you prepare mentally and the way that you guys go about your business on the field? Sure. As a defense, we have high standards for ourselves, and we know that if we execute our jobs and we do our jobs to the best of our abilities, then we'll win football games. That's exactly what we go set out to do every single week. And like I said, we have a high standard, and, and we feel good when we meet that standard, and I think a lot of people will be able to see that. Coach Vegan's talked a lot uh, over the last month and a half or so about his philosophy of football. It seems like he always is going back to knowing exactly where you're going and then playing as fast as you can. Easier said than done, though, right? So, I mean, when I watch you guys, it seems like you're playing incredibly fast. Is that just a, a product of uh, acclimating the scheme really well? Or how, how are you guys able to play as fast as you're playing right now? A lot of it has to do with just being prepared and studying and knowing your opponent. If you know something, then you're able to just play and do your job and not have to think about it too much and these guys do a lot, or do a good job of doing that, just doing the extra preparation during the week, and coaches put together a great game, game plan. And when it comes down to game day, we're out there. We're able to go out there and just execute and just do our jobs and play fast. Montessi got its first victory of the 2021 season, but I want to go back two weeks to the debut game, first game in almost two years for MSU at War Memorial Stadium uh, in Wyoming against the Wyoming Cowboys. And I know probably a little bit of a special moment for you as well. I guess your last first game, first and foremost, but also your father, Tyrone, was a great defensive end at Wyoming as well. So what was it like for you kind of going back to your roots? I don't know if you've ever been to that stadium before or not, but that must have been kind of cool playing in a stadium your pops once played in. Yeah, it was definitely really cool. It was my first time out there. I hadn't been out to Laramie before, but it was kind of a cool feeling to be on the same field that my dad played on. And it was exciting. First, it was exciting to get back out on the football field, period, and play football games. I know a lot of guys were excited about that. But yeah, this one meant a little bit more to me. It was a little bit more special, and I kind of felt that when I was out there. 
Catching up with the Cats, Monterey Williams from Montana State joining us here on Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio, as well as statewide TV, SWX Montana Television. And Amandre, what would you take from that game? Because you guys battled all the way down the end. But uh, I know on one hand mm-hmm. you could say, hey, only lost to an FBS by three points. But on the other hand, uh, you guys were in control of the game for most of the game. So what was kind of the feeling coming out of the Wyoming loss? We'll never go into a football game and be okay with losing it. Um, obviously, we're going to try to go win every single football game we play. So I know a lot of guys were disappointed that we couldn't get that done. Um, coming out of it, we know we had a lot of things to clean up. And and our goal every single week is to improve. And that week is done with. And unfortunately, we can't go back and change our results. So now our job is just to continually improve and just get better and go out and deliberately try to do that every single day. 2019 season, you were a all big sky selection, uh, playing that buck end spot in the old defense that uh, Jeff Choate, Ty Gregorak, Kane Ione were all operating. Uh, but now playing a little bit more of a traditional defensive end spot here in Freddie Banks's defense. So, what do you think of just the change? What's what are the biggest differences? What are the biggest challenges? Biggest difference, I'd say, is I mean, I have my hand on the ground every single down now, so I'm able to get after the passer a little bit more, play more on the front line, not dropping the coverage as much. Um, I mean, I like the change. I've always been a defensive end, so nothing was too new for me. Um, But, I mean, at the end of the day, football is football and defense is defense. And every single day, I'm just going to go out and try to do that, whether I'm asked to put my hand on the ground or whether I'm asked to stand up and drop off the edge. One guy I've enjoyed talking to the last couple of weeks has been Daniel Hardy, and he seems like he's really thriving in his position move as well. Uh, sort of similar to yourself, you know, coming from more of an edge guy to now playing a, a real defensive end spot. But what do you think of just his talent, his ability to contribute to the team? Because it seems like he's playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel is definitely playing at a very high level. He's a smart kid. He's an athletic freak, man. He goes out and he makes plays and he works really hard. And that's that's one great thing about him because oftentimes you get talented guys that don't work very hard, and he does both. He's one of the hardest workers that we have on the team, and he's obviously very talented, and it's fun to see him go out and make plays and take this new position and just <laughs> be great at it. When he first came to Montana State, uh, he told me the whole story about losing his father at a young, you know, when he was in high school and, and how he kind of came to the game of football because he wanted sort of a family element. He wanted to be around guys that he could sort of build into being his brothers. And it seems like he's brought that same sort of attitude, sort of the love of the locker room, the love of his teammates to Montana State. So do you see that in him? And, and uh, how does that add just to the, the element of you guys' locker room? Because it seems like, especially you older guys, you guys are pretty close. Yeah. No, the, the team is definitely close. And, that honestly just speaks to Daniel's character and his ability to just go through something like that, something that adverse, and be able to come through and just want to be able to be a brother to a football team after having something like that. And he does that every single day. He makes guys feel like family, and it's fun to be around him, and in turn it feeds off to the other guys. It, it ultimately brings the team closer. Amanda Williams joining us here in Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Amandre is a defensive end senior for the Montana State Bobcats. It's part of our Catching Up with the Cats series, where we will do interviews with current Bobcats, also some podcast stuff with some former Bobcats. If you want to go check out a couple of our podcast uh, portion of this series, you can go find Mike Person, as well as J.P. Flynn, a couple great offensive linemen for the Bobcats, both of whom played in the NFL. So go check that out as well. But Amandre, let's talk about the here and now. You guys got San Diego coming to town, the last non-conference game before Big Sky conference play gets underway so what's the overall look ahead at the Toreros and then uh, what do you guys think just about this last non-conference with Big Sky Conference play on the horizon sure San Diego's a good team they're very well coached they're a disciplined team big athletic guys and they're going to be a good test for us and we're excited to go out and get another game in in front of uh, the fans here at Bobcat Stadium and we know that uh, San Diego's going to be a good test well, Monter, I know it's a busy time of year. We appreciate you taking the time, man. You're always welcome back around here. But in the meantime, best of luck on Saturday. I'm looking forward to being in Bobcat Stadium, checking you guys out live and in person. But in the meantime, be well. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. So you go, Monter Williams. Montana State catching up with the Cats. The Catching Up with the Cats is a dual podcast slash radio series. Got a couple podcasts up with some former cats. We'll do the current players on the radio, the former ones in podcast form. Got Mike Person, J.P. Flynn, both up there. Both great interviews. Of course they are. They're offensive linemen. <laughs> recording. I'm recording with my guy tomorrow morning, though. One of my favorite guys that I covered at Montana State, Brad Daly. So that'll be a fun one. Tease for this weekend as well. We will de- be debuting our third iteration of Grizz Greats. This one the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champions, and our debut episode will feature one, the one and only 
Johnny Montana. John Edwards will join me tomorrow, so we'll have that one ready for you for your weekend as well. Hour one of the books on Nuanas Now. Hour two coming at you hot. Our good friend Carolyn. We're going to be reunited with our good friend Ryan. Glorious. And we're also going to do some NFL conversation and maybe give a little more commentary on both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats as well. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 